0: Hello oh, and welcome to NextReads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. So today I am going to be reading from a book called The Rat Queen. And it is relatively new to our middle grade collection. It is by Pete Holtman. And I'm going to read to you from the front flap. It's kind of a long one, not counting the author's note and the glossary. It is 390 pages. So yeah, it's long. For Annie's 10th birthday, her papa gives her a pad of paper, some colored pencils, and the Clymus family secret. It's called the Nuodema Burna, or Eater of Sins. Every time Annie does something wrong, she writes it down and sticks the paper in a hidden hole in the floor of their house. But Annie is quick to discover that her inheritance has a dark side. With each paper fed to the Burna, Annie feels less guilty about the mean things she says and does, but weird things start happening. She stops growing, and soon rats seem to be everywhere, even in her dreams. Annie confronts the secret of the Burna, but nothing can prepare her for the truths she unearths. So this is kind of a modern-day fairy tale that looks at emotional and moral responsibility that's part of growing up. So, if you're a fairy tale fan, you'll probably like this. I'm a fairy tale fan, and I'm probably going to have to read the rest of the book at some point. Alright, so this first A little, I don't know, like two pages. It's called A Dream. The floor beneath her back felt hard and cold and gritty. She could not move or even open her eyes. Annie knew she was dreaming. She'd been here before. A sour, musty odor filled her nostrils. The ticking of sharp claws on concrete was closer. She could not draw a breath to call for help. She knew she was dreaming. It had to be a dream. But the fear, the hammering of her heart, the icy dread, that was real. If only she could scream. That would break the spell. Tiny claws tickled her leg, crept up her thighs, her hips, her belly, and settled on her chest. She sensed its eyes on her face. Tendrils of sour breath snaked into her nostrils. She heard the clack of teeth. She heard another sound as well, a feeble, terrified mule coming from her own mouth. Something touched her chin, a whisker, a tongue. Raw terror shattered her paralysis. Her back arched, a ragged howl erupted from her throat. Mama, mama! Her cry broke the spell and ripped her free from the nightmare. She jerked upright, gasping, flailing her arms wildly, her heart pounding with rib-cracking ferocity. Mama? Familiar shapes appeared, faintly lit by moonlight coming in through the window. Her little roll-top desk, her dolls perched on her dresser, a dim yellow stripe of hallway light spilled through the cracked door. Her bedroom. She was in her bed. Just a dream. The same dream. The door opened. Papa, framed against the light. Not a dream. Annika? Are you all right? I had a bad dream, Annie said. Papa wrapped her in his strong arms and rocked her. Like you had before? he asked. Annie nodded. It was trying to get me, and I was frozen, and then I was calling for mama. What was trying to get you? A scary animal with teeth and claws. It was just a dream, he said. We have no scary creatures here in Pond Tree Acres. Part one, Pond Tree Acres. Arthur. Annie was swinging by herself when she noticed the curly haired boy two houses down. She dragged her feet to stop the swing. The boy was barefoot, wearing only a lime green t-shirt and a pair of baggy yellow shorts. His right fist was pressed against his mouth, sucking his thumb. His left hand gripped the ear of a floppy stuffed rabbit. The rabbit's hind feet dragged along the curb as the boy's feet slapped the asphalt, each step decisive. She couldn't see his eyes from that distance, but she was sure he was looking right at her. The boy veered toward the curb and looked down at the sewer grate across the street from Mr. Wendell's house. He bent at the hips, thumb still in his mouth, bringing his face to within a few inches from the iron bars, peering into the darkness. After a few seconds he straightened, looked at Annie, and continued toward her. As he came closer, she saw that his yellow shorts were printed with purple cartoon dinosaurs, and his hair was not exactly blonde, it was more orangish. Annie had heard that color called strawberry blonde, even though it didn't look much like strawberries. The boy stepped up onto the curb and stomped across the grass to stand right in front of her. Hello, Annie said. The boy did not reply. He just stood there with his rabbit clutched in his fist and his thumb in his mouth, staring at her through large, pale blue eyes. Annie slid off the swing. The chains rattled. What's your name, she asked. The boy stared up at her wordlessly. How old are you, she asked. The boy eased the thumb from his mouth. It was wrinkly from being sucked on. He held out his hand, fingers spread wide. Five, Annie said doubtfully. The boy nodded. He seemed awfully small for a five-year-old. I'm 10, Annie said. I mean, I will be. Tomorrow's my birthday. The boy was not impressed. Where do you live, she asked. The boy seemed about to say something, then changed his mind and stuck his thumb back in his mouth. Annie wondered if there was something wrong with him. Shouldn't a five-year-old be able to talk? I bet your mommy and daddy are looking for you. She offered him her hand. The boy looked from her face to her hand. He took his thumb out of his mouth and clasped her fingers. His wet, wrinkly thumb pressed into her palm. Maybe you live in the Andersons' house, she said, pointing across the two vacant lots at the next house over. The Andersons had moved away last month. A new family had just moved in, but Annie hadn't met them yet. She set off down the street slowly so the boy could keep up. He walked alongside her, gripping her hand, bare feet slapping twice for each one of her steps. She felt very grown up helping a lost child find his way home. Across the street, Mr. Wendell was weeding his flower garden. His orange cat, Tom Tom, had found a patch of sunlight on the front step. He was licking his paw and rubbing his face over and over again. When they reached the sewer, the boy stopped and pulled his hand free. He got down on his hands and knees and pressed his face to the iron grate. What are you looking at? Bunnies, the boy said. Annie bent over and looked through the grate. She saw nothing but darkness. She moved her face closer and heard something, a sound like paper rustling, and the plop, plop, plop of water dripping. It smelled like rotten leaves and dirty socks. She took the boy's hand again and helped him to his feet. A streak of rust ran across his cheek where it had touched the grate. Annie wiped it off with the back of her hand. There are no bunnies down there, she said. Come on. They were almost to the house when the front door opened. A woman came out. Her hair was the same orangish color as the boys, but not so curly. Arthur, she exclaimed and ran toward them. Annie let go of the boy's hand. His mother scooped him up. Where have you been? She asked him, then looked at Annie with an expression that was both suspicious and grateful. Where did you find him? He came to my house, Annie said. She pointed at her house. Oh, said the woman. You live in the tower house? Annie nodded. Her house had a big brick tower set into one corner. The tower was taller than the house. It's the oldest house in Pawn Tree Acres, Annie said. It's a very fine house, the woman smiled. My papa's uncle's uncle built it. He was a farmer. Mr. Wendell says it looks like a beer can stuck on a dollhouse. Mr. Wendell lives across the street. She pointed. He has a cat named Tom Tom. He's always fixing things. If you need anything fixed, Mr. Wendell can fix it. Good to know. We just moved to the neighborhood. I'm Emily Golden, Arthur's mom. You can call me Emily. My name is Annika Klimas, but you can call me Annie. It's very nice to meet you, Annie, said Emily Golden. Our street is named after my family. That's why it's called Klimas Avenue. Is that a fact? Papa used to own all the land around here, but when I was born, he sold most of it to Lucky Key Homes so they would build houses so there would be other kids around. My best friend is Fiona. Her daddy is a doctor. They live in the Grey House. Annie pointed down the street, but she's up north at summer camp. Fiona is going into fifth grade. I'd be in fifth grade too, but I'm homeschooled now, so I don't really have a grade. Emily Golden laughed. My goodness, you are a fount of information. Miss Mikas says I talk a lot. Miss Mikas? She's my uncle. Your uncle? My uncle. She's from Lithuania. Lithuania? Where is that? On the other side of the world. Miss Makis lives with us and takes care of me when Papa is working. My mama is dead. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Do you have a cat? No, Arthur would love a pet, but he keeps me busy enough all on his own. Arthur was squirming in his mother's embrace. She put him down. Arthur told me he's five. Yes, she looked down at her son. Arthur is small for his age, but he'll catch up. He likes to take his time about things. He doesn't talk much. Only when he has something to say. She rubbed the top of Arthur's head. Isn't that right, honey? The boy had nothing to say. I should probably go home, Annie said. Miss Makis will wonder where I am. She started to back away. The boy tried to follow, but his mother grabbed his arm. It was nice to meet you, Annie. Thank you for bringing Arthur home. It was nice to meet you too, Annie said. She couldn't bring herself to call the woman Emily. As she walked away, she could feel the boy's eyes on her. She stopped at the sewer grate and looked back. Arthur and his mother were gone. She bent over the grate and wrinkled her nose at the dank odor. She peered through the slots and caught a glimpse of something. Two shiny black eyes, a flash of yellow teeth, a blur of dark fur against the black nothingness, and it was gone. Annie jumped back, her heart pounding. A creepy, itchy feeling scurried up her back and down her arms and tingled her fingers. She squeezed her hands into fists and backed away. There was something in the sewer. It was not a bunny. And that is the end of the chapter. So, I hope you liked that and you might want to check it out. If not, lots of other books in the collection to discover. Thanks for listening and I hope you join me next time for another Next Reads.